of life that siblings squabble Look at Liam and Noel or Kane and Abel Well we ain't got a bandana, don't wanna kill you But we'll sit and chat and argue about cinema reviews Who is right, is it me or him? Well you were always mother's favourite Are you still singing that hymn? Prepare for a battering, it's time for the squabblings Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Squabblings, the <laughs> family podcast where we squabble and do random shit and discuss <laughs> film and TV like motherfuckers do. <laughs> straight, <laughs> what, what, say what? <laughs> straight up motherfuckers. Yeah. St- straight out of rural Warwickshire. Walking through the club like, what up, I got a podcast. <laughs> You're never going to pull chicks by uh, saddling up to them at the bar in uh, in revs and saying, hey, ladies, guess what? I have a podcast. Oh. I don't know. It might work. <laughs> it might work. Okay. You'll get some Gen Zer who's uh, on TikTok and yeah. uh, doing a renegade dance every other second. Uh. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> have you been, Tom? Not too bad. Not too bad. You're getting back into the swing of the, uh, the workday routine, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Just for uh, people who are unaware, Tom does not have a workday routine. He does not have a job. I am self-employed, <laughs> actually. <laughs> if you hosted a BBC Four radio show, it would be sorry I haven't a job. <laughs> well, I still got the better <laughs> A-level grades and got a oh first at God. university. So. <laughs> All right then. <laughs> We've got an interesting one to talk about today. Yeah, we certainly do. So we're talking about the Netflix series Space Force, aren't we? Yeah, this isn't the first time we've talked about it either, Tom, is it? No, actually, no. (laughs) You know, sometimes audio files, they just go walkabout. (laughs) Yeah, uh, this is just one of the big bugs of uh, audio file recording. Our first file got the audio track corrupted, and this is, in fact, the second podcast that Mm. we have Oh, no, it wasn't corrupted. (laughs) What happened was... In Logic, which is our recording software, there's a very oh, Tom, nice Tom, Tom, button. Tom, 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 no one cares. Hang on, oh. bear with me. There's a very nice button called Consolidate, and that puts all the audio files into one location so they don't get lost. But I must have deleted the old ones. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. We don't have the original episode. So we're coming to you with the voice of hindsight, ready to go. This whole this whole podcast is just the voice yeah, of he's hindsight. Had, he's had a word with me off screen. He's had a word with me off screen. And I've taken it on board. Okay, let's go. Uh, so this is the new Netflix darling. Uh, this is this is the new this is the new show that Netflix are plugging. Yeah. Although strangely enough, not plugging it at all it didn't come up on my uh, my recommendations list and i like sci-fi and i like comedy i watch lots of that so you'd think given those two parameters that i would be a prime candidate wouldn't you yeah you'd think so yeah i, I also had to find it through word of mouth and everybody that i've recommended it to it's not come up on their recommendations and their uh, home screens they weren't notified by netflix that it was being released why aren't netflix plugging this show you know, it, it's an odd one. I I don't know. It, Do you think Steve Carell has just pissed off a Netflix producer or something? <laughs> well, I don't know if a show like this is is a bit of a gamble. Killed his cat or something. You know, <laughs> with Netflix or, or a lot of the streaming services, a lot of the, the homemade stuff they've done, you know, like the Netflix own, mm-hmm. a lot of it is trash, isn't it? With, yeah, with streaming shows, it's very hit and miss. You either have an absolute internet favourite or it's meh. 
and it's uninspired and interesting like I'm thinking of you know you're streaming classics like Man in the High Castle Bojack um uh, Outlander Rick and Morty yeah and you know Netflix is kind of the future of TV now isn't it absolutely this is the scary thing everything is moving to streaming platforms now well they they have they have the budget that's the thing yeah like compared to somewhere like the BBC Netflix and Amazon they they have they must have 10 times the budget I think and the BBC, the BBC are now even in the pocket of Netflix they're putting everything that they do onto Netflix yeah well it's probably easy money for them isn't it yeah once they've produced it and sent it out to the masses you put it on Netflix and you can carry on scraping the royalties from it can't you because if we think about our generation I think going out on a limb here but what they enjoy is serial type dramas isn't it Short, episodic dramas punchy dark edgy yes yeah yeah and i think the na- the national tv stations they've lost their their game really when it comes to putting out content like that yeah you would never get rick and morty being shown on the bbc or, or even channel 4 or man in the high castle no. you know the the gr- they don't really do gritty or, or witty comedy anymore although the bbc did try to do a man in the high castle with like a, an alternate nazi history from the future Mm. I can't remember what it was called now. No, I, I know the one you're thinking of. Um, and that was very obviously the BBC trying to recreate Man in the High Castle, and it was almost kind of uncomfortable to watch in the sense that you felt they're, they're trying to copy their big brother. But the they? thing with that is that <laughs> at least they should have doubled down. The thing with Man in the High Castle is you can tell from the budget that it doubles down. It looks great. Mm, yeah. And they got some great actors in it. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so in, in many ways, these streaming platforms are now the future of television. They are killing the living room. And I think in the future, TV is going to not kind of be this bastion of media as it is nowadays. Like, it, the BBC won't be an institution like we recognise it to be now. No, well, I think part of it, especially in, in Britain, is the fact that I think Britain's one of the only countries still where you need a TV licence, isn't it? Yes, uh, this is something that uh, the Americans really struggle with, the idea of we pay to own our TVs, and that money actually goes to the BBC. Yeah, so we're obviously paying for all these shows. We are paying for our quality entertainment. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) So I think it's, I don't know, maybe it's partly hit the minds of the young people that, I mean, when we were students in our house, none of us had a TV, well, we elected not to have a TV licence because we thought, you know what we'll do is we'll just we'll just stream stuff instead yeah exactly so yeah, i think we did that all well. over the country people must be thinking the same mm. yeah and this is the, the the beauty of a streaming website you can access what you want when you want it and you don't have to waste hours of tedium watching something just for like the sake of watching it yeah people I- can't be asked to sit down at a certain time now can they and no, and for, for you know, for instance, back in the nineties, things like for, um, supermarket sweep, Pat Sharp's Fun House. Did anybody actually like race race home from their job to get in front of the TV for supermarket sweep mm. and be like, "Ah, oh, my show's on"? Or did you just watch it literally because the telly was on and there was nothing else to do? Mm. do I mean, know? I only have one example from childhood where I used to race home. It would either be The Simpsons, oh yes, which was yes, on at yes, six yes, o'clock, yes, 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 or 
the on a Saturday they used to have the Doctor Who every I think I don't know I think it was seven o'clock. Wasn't I it? was going to say Doctor Who as well. Yeah, Doctor Who was my last memory of yeah really wanting to be in front of the TV for something. Uh, oh, actually no. Funnily enough, mu- I was much much older for this, but I also got the same feeling for when the new uh, Horrible Histories used to come out. That was always an iPlayer thing for me. I oh, just used it? to watch it on iPlayer. Yeah. Uh, I used to. Or watch it in the mornings when I was eating cereal. <laughs> With the dog under your blanket. <laughs> no, just, um, you know, getting ready for school. It would be on every morning. I wasn't. Or, or the, the best bits would anyway. <laughs> yeah. Shall we get started? Why not? So Space Force is an American comedy web television series created by Greg Daniels and Steve Carell. It is centred with a group of people tasked with establishing the sixth branch of the United States Armed Forces, the United States Space Force. <laughs> it stars Steve Carell, John Malkovich, uh, Tawny Newson, Ben Schwartz, Diana Silvers and Lisa Kudrow. The yeah. series premiered on Netflix on May 29th, 2020. So this is a new one. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's squeaky clean, isn't it? It's it's fresh. It's peachy keen, squeaky clean jelly bean. Mm. And it's a Steve Carell baby, isn't it? Obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in yeah, instantly one of those very recognisable bankable faces. I met, I I thought, and this is why I'm struggling with why aren't Netflix marketing this? Because Steve Carell is 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 a comedy darling. He's a big old name, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, famous from, of course. The Office, yeah, and uh, the he, far superior he, he, American Office. Oh fuck me! Not this conversation again, Tom. <laughs> we, but we both know that anyone with a functioning brain cell, you know, prefers the UK Office. You know, and I'm, and I'm, I'm sorry. Doing my... I'm sorry that you're a, you're a, a, a lobotomized moron. I'm doing my Radio <laughs> Four voice now. You know, I I saw a statistic the oh other day God. that that said, in fact, that. 84% of people that said they preferred the UK office have clinical had depression. never seen an episode of the US office oh. or had never stuck it out for even half a season. See, this is what I dislike about rhetoric like this. If you've got to stick out a show, then the show isn't... Wh- like, why do I have to sit through shit to get to the good stuff? Like, people used to tell me this about Parks and Recreation. I'll just get through the first couple of seasons. I shouldn't have to. The show should be good from the offset. No, and I, I understand that, and I I think Parks and Recreation is just bad. Like, it's just not that good, full stop. But in fact, the American office does get better. It's 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 great from the beginning. I don't really know it, what people don't no, like the, about it. The beginning, the pilot episode of the US office is literally just a shot-for-shot, line-for-line remake of the UK office. Yeah, well, it, it, was, com- it was obvious that they were, they were buying the rights to that show. So that obviously means... The format in which it's shot and it's and it's it's plot and so on. I just think it missed the fundamental idea of what the office was meant to be about. You were meant to find joy in the grey grey humourless landscape of a standard office in Slough, and that you're wasting your life away in a cubicle, but you're still finding funny moments in that mundaneness. I get you, I get you, but you know, to, to the Americans, probably. Scranton is in a similar way funny, but yeah. you know. But what I actually like about it, and, and Steve Carell does it really well, is that 
American comedy always seems to have a silver lining, whereas to me the UK office, whereas the UK office didn't, and so, that's what made it. F- it's so horribly brilliant. cringy that I, I can't watch it because really it, you can't it, watch the UK office because it's no, cringy. No, it's so it's so like awkward and cringy, isn't it? And it just makes you want to like shoot yourself so that you don't have to. <laughs> Witness, <laughs> witness the pain of the it people is, in it. I, I think the US office is more cringy because I just don't gel with the American humor in the same way I do with the UK humor. Right. Like, like David Brent is the absolute example. Um, what's he called? Michael uh, Scott yeah. is somebody I cringe at. David Brent is somebody I do cringe at, but I also laugh at because all of us in the UK at some point in our lives have had a boss like mm. David Brent. Okay. Well, I'm, <laughs> so. I think actually we're going to make this a subvote. If there's any way of say voting in the comments of of Facebook when we when we release this, mm-hmm. we want us I might put a poll up to say who yes. is the better lead for the office? Is Absolutely. it Steve Carell or is it Ricky Gervais? <laughs> and I, I I think over the course of the office he he does great things with it. Yeah, because um Carell ultimately had more time to play with his character than yeah. um, Ricky Gervais did. Although it doesn't stop Ricky Gervais from milking David Brent whenever he bloody wants. No, but I, know, I digress. Yeah. Um, but talking about Steve Carell, going back to Steve Carell, um, one of the things that kind of instantly turned me off about Space Force is that I looked at his face and in the comedy setting and I thought, mm, this is going to be a rewrite of The Office or this is mm. going to be like The Office, a, re- a rehash of The Office. And actually... I was pleasantly surprised because it, it wasn't like that. Yeah, until now, it's, it sort of seemed that Steve Carell was a bit of a one-trick pony, didn't yeah, it, basically? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, like cringe comedy. Like, whenever you see him on stage, he's just kind of playing Steve Carell. <laughs> like, you sort of imagine in real life he is like that. Yeah. And people hire him for that special element yeah, of he's, spice about he's, him. He's certainly got a, a niche of role that he plays and um this goes all the way back to his anchorman days with the brick yeah Yeah, like he's just a little bit weird over the top but sort of cuddly and likable yeah yeah Yeah. but no i was i was very I, i i did kind of go into this series wanting to hate it and i didn't and I liked it pretty much from the end of the first episode. Mm. And I think that that is the kind of the beauty of Netflix and the streaming shows is that if you find yourself hooked on a show, you will just watch all of it in a wanna. Well, I think they they must realize with their shows if if the first episode isn't any good, then people then will just switch it off yes. and, and select something else, won't they? They'll be like this is this is dog shite. You know, I, I can just There's watch There's 101 Rick and Morty other things again. on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh. which actually on a side note is why I was so perplexed at why The Witcher was so popular. Because for the first, like, I don't know, two or three episodes, I was like, what the fuck is going on with this? It's Fan- so it's fantasy so badly... never... Well, fantasy traditionally never is as popular um, on in the mainstream. It, it will always have, like, a cult following. No, but The Witcher was really popular, wasn't it? It was a very popular game. But if you would ask the, the, the average Netflix consumer, had they played or heard of The Witcher, I imagine most of them would probably say no. I haven't heard of the games. I haven't, I haven't played the games, but I'd watched the series. The games are very, very good. Are they? Yeah, yeah. It's like... Um, does he have the gravelly voice? He does have the gravelly voice. <laughs> yeah, Henry Cavill and his ongoing <laughs> battle with throat cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when Henry Cavill was a baby in the Tudors. 
Yeah, I saw something really weird. Do you remember that Tristan and Isolde film, which had... Oh, yeah, uh, with um, James, James Franco, Franco in it. Yeah. Oh, and there's yes. a baby Cavill in that as well. There I think he looks about Cavill 23 or something. Henry Cavill is much older than people think he is. I I well I think he's when like you say 50. people think he is I think he's about thirty eight. Oh, should we guess? Yeah. So you're gonna go thirty eight. I'm gonna go like forty nine. Yeah. Fourteen? You kidding? Yeah. Right. Okay. No, I think he's about maybe two or three years older than James Franco. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hey Siri, how old is Henry Cavill? Henry Cavill is thirty seven years old. Oh. <laughs> what did I say? I said thirty eight, didn't I? Thirty eight. Yes. Yeah, Yes. <laughs> so um, I'm going to get a hit out from Henry Cavill's agent now. <laughs> yeah. 49, 40 fucking nine. 36, 36, but last year you said I looked 37. <laughs> Top quality reference. Well yeah. <laughs> so let's let's talk about a few of the uh, the faces in this series. Yeah. So, um, Steve Carell playing the lead and this... Um, lovable but bumbling um general of the u.s space force who's been tasked with setting up um a space force to make a colony on the moon for america mm, yeah the whole what what yeah great line in the show is boots on the moon boots by on the moon. 2024 <laughs> and you can tell that this world is me- is meant to be our world it's meant to be set in our universe with and, and, and it's, it's very obvious that the president figure is is like trump it's, isn't yeah, it yeah they never they never mention it they never they never have a shot with the president no, on no they screen. never explicitly say but you can tell that the, the, yeah, the mm. president is this like trump like architect architect archetype excuse yeah. me and um Yes, this is this is the kind of the world that it exists in. It's kind of like I, I I was thinking that this series is like the antithesis to Interstellar. Yeah, well, we... <laughs> in like in a sense that Interstellar is is existing in a world where the space exploration is defunded and de-escalated and goes very grim and grey and whatever. And the film is dead serious. Yeah, and, and, and then so this poignant is like, and... hey. What if we just kept on funding space exploration and we were still kind of in this Cold War type situation with Russia and China? But let's throw in lots of laughs. Yeah. For, for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I, I, okay. So some of the other uh, people in this uh, are John Malkovich. John Malkovich. John Malkovich. Who enunciates every word in his sentences. <laughs> My phrasing and cadence, I think you'll find, is rather irregular. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of Malkovich in this? In, in a conventional comedy sense, you know how you always have the full guy and the straight guy. Mm-hmm. I actually thought John Malkovich's role was, was he was a very, very good straight man to Steve Carell's fool, basically. Yes, yeah, he was the straight man to, the, to Carell's funny man. Even though he made me laugh a lot with yes. certain one-liners and stuff. I actually, yeah, the two of them were very well matched, I thought. And I wasn't expecting it to be so because I don't really know John Malkovich in a sense that I haven't seen him do much comedy. I mean, I haven't seen uh, what's being that? John Malkovich. Being John Malkovich. Yeah, but the, the, it, I, it's interesting that you say that. Like, if I was a casting director, I never ever would have put Steve Carell and John Malkovich together as like a good comedy duo with brilliant comic timing off mm. each other. His voice and his weird cadencing does sort of lend itself to that stereotype 
of a sort of socially awkward scientist, doesn't it? Yes. Somebody with an IQ of, I don't know, 160. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, hasn't quite figured out how to how to talk to somebody yeah. in a lift, do it, small talk or, you yeah, know. Yeah, this very intelligent, brilliant mind, but is just quite socially inept in some situations. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was very good as well. And we've got some interesting supporting cast for this, uh, for this series as well. Go. So most notably, uh, that made me kind of buck up my head and go, oh, she's in this. Lisa Kudrow from Friends yeah, fame. Yeah, we do disagree somewhat on this, I think. Um, I thought Lisa Kudrow was actually just a little bit forgettable, to be honest. Oh, really? I love seeing Lisa Kudrow. I loved her scenes. No. I thought she, was, I thought she has brilliant comic timing. No, in a, in a, a series called Space Force, it should be about... <laughs> Space Force, and I think the, the whole storyline of her, Space Force, you know, <laughs> just the whole storyline of her being in jail, and the, you know this thing about Steve Carell having to sort of manage his relationship with her from jail, and all these silly jokes about their relationship and her being in a relationship with the prison officer. I could have totally done without that. It didn't add really? anything I, to the I, to the story for me. I thought that that whole sub plot of the series added so much more depth to Carell's character and I, I really liked that extra dynamic to him and it's kind of you know it's that classic kind of working man balance of I've balanced my job with my family life and, and my family life is yeah. falling apart and I don't have my support network at home so therefore I have to let out steam in, in my work scenario. You see I think it added to Steve Carell's character yes. it made him more three dimensional but yeah. it but even though it was it was mostly about Lisa Kudrow, all that side story, it didn't do anything for her. All it did was that, highlight how much of a fee, of a of a feely feels man Steve Carell yeah. is, even though he's a hard ass general. That is that's an interesting point you made there. Yeah, it did deepen Carell's character, but it didn't do much to serve didn't do her anything character. for her. Because whenever she's on screen, I just feel like she's half assing it for the paycheck. Like you know anything <laughs> else? You, well, basically, the only other thing I've seen Lisa Kudrow in is Friends, and we we all know her as Phoebe Buffay, don't we? But in that, at least she is kind of a what you know. It 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 seems like she's giving the performance ten out of ten yes. in terms of her energy. Phoebe is the best friend. Full stop. Um, no. <laughs> I'm just going to categorically deny that. Oh, I swear your, to God, your right, friend's okay, so... referral has come into the office and it has been denied. <laughs> On the ground. Okay, of, who are you going to counteract with? And I swear it's to Matthew God, Matthew Perry. If, it's, okay, it's obviously Chandler. Okay, good. Yeah, no, he Chandler has all be, the best lines. Yeah, actually, you know, he, he makes everyone laugh. Yeah, all Chandler the time. is my baby, and out of all of them, he is with the one I was. I, I was so worried then that you were going to say Ross. No, Ross is a dick. <laughs> Ross, now that I've seen, I, I went back and watched it recently, like most of Friends, and now that I've seen it as someone in my early to mid-twenties. Ross is just a, a, a dickhole. He's an awful human he? being. But so is Rachel as well. I mean, she, she's not, but I feel I feel she's spoiled. That's the Rachel, worst quality yes, about Rachel. Yes, but she's Rachel, not at her heart. In her heart, she's not a bad person, is she? No. But I feel like Ross, in his heart, is a douche. Yeah. The, Rachel has a bit more of a redemption arc, whereas Ross starts off as a prick and ends the series on a prick. As a prick. As, as yeah. a prick as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he's homophobic. He tries to sleep with his cousin. Even though... He's an atheist and a scientist. <laughs> yeah. He's largely intolerant. Yeah. 
which just says to me, well, you might you might as well be a fundamental Christian. Yeah, you know, like if absolutely. he was born into that way of life, he'd make a very good fundamentalist. He's, he's manipulative. He, yeah. for some reason, halfway through the series, loses all contact with his own son. Yep. He <laughs> he he gets uh, well. He has to, he has to take an involuntary sabbatical from work <laughs> for for screaming at the head of his department over yeah. a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's just douche behaviour, isn't it? And he also like guilts another one of his friends into breaking up with Rachel because yeah. he can't deal with it, even though they are not together and they are not seeing each other. Yeah, he's a di- he's a dick. Yeah, he's a he's a chauvinist as well. What you can say about Chandler is he's not a chauvinist, is he? Chandler is a broken cinnamon roll who is too good for this earth, and I want to cuddle him and I want to feed him. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe I identify with Chandler because he's more of a. A he, British he, comedy archetype. He is, yes, he, he, absolutely. He's by far the funniest. He makes of the all of them. He, the jokes are about him, and it's all being made fun of himself rather than he making takes fun of the, the situation out of himself. Yes. Yeah, and that's the difference I think between Chandler and every single other one of the friends is that he will only probably ever exclusively take the piss out of himself. Yeah. Well, Whereas, actually, actually, no. Well, he makes a lot of jokes about other people, doesn't he? But they're funny. They're funny. He yeah. makes people laugh. But at, at Chandler's core, he knows that even though he will take the mick out of Joey or Ross or Chandler or whatever, mm. they don't have as a ridiculous life as he does. Yeah. <laughs> and when it when it comes to Joey, I think Joey is every single laugh Joey ever has is I'm stupid. I love my both sandwiches and stuff. And Monica's is like, <laughs> I'm neurotic and I used to be fat. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah that's her entire angle, yeah. basically. Phoebe is, oh, I'm so hippie and oh, spiritual. I'm so flighty, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm so whimsical. Yeah, Chandler's <laughs> the only character with real depth. Anyway, but, yeah, yeah. But anyway, going back to Space Force. There was a seasoned comic actor with a heart of gold Who wrote a show for a streaming stronghold He cast some familiar faces and actors of old And got a working on his project In the acting world he gained respectful fame With Brick Michael Scott and grew to his name And some of the best comic work of this generation he can proclaim so the show was greenlit Yet on the day of the release It got buried in the side How could the general take this As anything but a slight So the show never had its moment In the spotlight Star power went to waste Corel should stand tall With his chest in the air He made a character Who we can both cringe at and care And the ensemble cast Also have comic timing and flair Yet the show passed everyone by Well I say I have streamed the series And I have a query Why hasn't this been plugged yet? Netflix, come on dearie This is good old TV Yet you forgot about this soldier So, search your homepage, find the show Enjoy John Malkovich And let go of your own misgivings Search your homepage, find the show 
stop the office in new chapeau It might get recognition in due course Go now and watch your Space Force Okay, this isn't as flashy as other online shows Like the one about Nazis or the cartoon horse I guess it's not breaking any boundaries But there's comfort in what we know And it was good to see Lisa Kudrow I guess the pace was slow Some people got on my nerves But people love Parks and Rec And eat that up like hors d'oeuvres But still to slip into oblivion It doesn't deserve And go tell POTUS that I said I have streamed the series and I have a query Why hasn't this been plugged yet? Netflix, come on dearie This is good old TV Yet you forgot about this soldier So, search your homepage, find the show Enjoy John Malkovich And let go of your own misgivings Search your homepage, find the show It's not the office in New Chapeau It might get recognition in due course Go now and watch your Space Force 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 go Go now and watch your Space Force Go now and watch your Space Force Go now and watch your Space Force go oh, Go now and watch your Space Force Go now and watch your Space Force Go now and watch your Space Force go oh, Watch your space force go now and watch your space force go oh, go now and watch your space force go now and watch your space force go now and watch your space force go oh, go now and watch your space force go now and watch your space force go now you got to be 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 Where were we? What were we just discussing? <laughs> Lisa Kudrow. Lisa, Lisa Kudrow. Kudrow, yeah. So Friends was her best performance, I think. And in this, she might as well have put a giant radio antenna on her back because she was dialing it in from the mothership. She was phoning it in big time. I think in a sense, she suffers from what a lot, a lot of the other Friends actors have suffered from in that we see them as that role so much. It's very hard for us to picture them as anything else. They've been typecast, essentially, haven't they? Yeah, And I think maybe, in a sense, she kind of knows that, which is maybe why she's not worked as much since Friends ended. Mm. Um, but still, I, I could see her character being different 
from Phoebe. But then, but then again, if you think about it, for Steve Carell, like, I don't know, 12 seasons on a crazy popular show like The American Office. Oh, yeah, he totally the broke Office out of the Michael Scott pro- role, yeah. Was probably, I don't know, something like 90, 95% as successful as Friends has been. Yeah. Maybe about 90% as successful really? as Friends has been. Yeah, it's huge. It's massive, massive, massive TV. And we don't typecast Steve, Steve Carell. Do we? No. As Michael Scott. No. And that's, I think that is fundamentally because he's got much more breadth as an actor yeah. than Lisa Kudrow does. Mm. Um, talking about some of the other actors in this, though, uh, we have comedy alumni Ben Schwartz in this as well, who mm-hmm. uh, listeners will also know from Parks and Recreation. Yeah. And he's a recurring face now in in US comedy. Isn't is he, he the super super annoying head of PR? He's oh, what's he called? Fuck Tony. Yeah. Fuck Tony. Yeah, he's yes. in charge of he's social media and stuff. Yeah. 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 Oh god, I hate him so much. <laughs> you said something interesting about his character, though. Um, in the in the last episode, I had an epiphany. Did I? That I yeah. can't remember. Yeah. You said that he was a lightning rod. Oh yeah, he's a light. Yeah, that I remember now. He's a lightning rod for audience uh, anger and distaste, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, and he's he's the thing that you can focus all your ire and your hatred towards. So ultimately, yeah. you can like connect with and like the other characters. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that is ultimately what his character is meant to be. He is meant to be deeply unlikable because that that's kind of an overused trope now, isn't it? Oh, look at this millennial always on his phone using the Twitters, <laughs> and I'm an old man. I don't understand what a Star Wars is. So <laughs> I'm sorry, fucktards. It's only going forward. Get used to it. I'm sorry, but do the older generation not know what Twitter is now? I mean, Still. Like, you know what I think about if if you think about say a film from the seventies and something that was cutting edge technology in the 70s i don't know like Like the emailer phone from amstrad (laughs) (laughs) or something or something like jet airplanes or you know jetting across the country they they never made i never heard people complain about seeing it too often in films no or like you know or it being made a big deal of being in the films you never got the same kind of narrative as Oh, you in the younger generation and you and your technology. Oh, yeah. What are you like? Or, for example, when they started bringing mobile phone phones into films. Yeah. Like, no one ever, like, complained, did they? It was like, the only Ooh. thing I can think of is, do you remember in the early 90s when everybody hated video games and everyone thought that video games were the spawn of Satan? Yes. Yeah, and they were sort of invented to to um, make Manchurian candidates out of our children. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> But so I guess the trope has existed, but not in the same kind of sense that it does now. Like it's repeated a lot now, and I just kind of thought his character was a bit of a, a repetitive trope. Yeah, annoying same with, PR um, guy is trope, same. Same it? with the daughter character. Actually, I thought. Mm, well, I kind of liked the daughter character herself, but you're you're right. It nothing she did was anything original, was it? No. I mean, it, it was classic kind of, I am a teenage girl, I hate you, I hate everyone. I want to move home, Yeah, I want to move. Why did you bring us out here, Dad? Like, yeah, and she was just a bit of an unlikable character. And that's like another side plot of the series that uh, she's struggling to make friends at school and people are picking on her and bullying on her. But because she was just so unlikable, I didn't care. <laughs> just harsh just didn't harsh. care I think what they could have done hear me out here right if I was to fix it I would say we get rid of Lisa Kudrow 
Right. But so we, we are, have like Disney syndrome and mother's dead. Mother's dead. Right? I mean, okay. that, that is kind of trope shaky ground already. But what we do then to fix it, we focus more on her relationship with big old... Um, Alabama guy. Alabama guy. Yes, yeah. yeah. You know, her her sweetheart love interest yeah, sort she of almo- thing. She almost got a bit of a character arc because towards the end of the series, it's a hint to that that she meets uh, another soldier on the base who's from Alabama. And to her kind of Washington, D.C., upper class elitism she thinks oh this person is beneath me because they're a hick mm. but they end up getting on really well and gelling and yeah. it was almost like she was starting to realize uh, people that i view as beneath me might not actually be beneath me yeah, and yeah. It, almost happened. Death. yeah. it almost happened and then it didn't <laughs> yeah it didn't go anywhere but, but you can kind of tell that they think they're gonna date in series two yeah they? yeah i just wish it would have been a bit more explored you know, I, mean, I talk- hope in season two we see a bit more of the exploration of their relationship yeah. at least before it goes straight into, oh, we're dating now. I mean, thinking about it, what actually did happen in this series? Um, Not, not a lot. You're right. Um, now that I think, what was the main story arc of the series? Getting people to the moon. They got a base on the moon, I think. And they about did it. that. In, over in 10 the, episodes in, in, in 10 episodes time yeah yeah and that sort of one thing this is sort of the problem i have with a lot of streaming services although the yes the quality of what they're making is pretty great but the pace of a lot of the dramas oh the my god pacing, is it slow yeah the pacing of this was quite slow mm. and like if i was going to kind of give this a, a a rating out of five i give it a three maybe like it was all oh, like if people are saying oh how was space force I'm like, eh, it's all right yeah like, this actually is maybe why netflix aren't plugging this show so much right because i think they kind of see it as netflix fodder you know <laughs> you know like those shows that you just have on in the background for background noise there's a lot of trash on netflix which i don't think oh gee whiz i better go and sit down and watch this right now i'm so interested to see how these characters turn out it is kind of like you divide your netflix shows into two categories i actively am going to sit down listen watch this and analyze this to filth or i'll have this on the background whilst i scroll through instagram well yeah or whilst i'm doing admin or or even watching like another separate video on youtube on <laughs> silent about something else reading yeah, the, about uh, like the a, subtitles of it yeah about like a russian guy building his cabin in a forest or oh something oh my god right this is what thomas has been obsessed with whilst we've been in lockdown he's found some random old geezer on youtube he's not an old who's... geezer he's about 27 <laughs> right and he's, he's in good shape who's building his own log cabin in the russian woods yeah. just from scratch and yeah. that is what you've been obsessing over in lockdown down. Mm, one day, one day that'll be me. Although in Britain, you're loathed pretty much if you look in any direction, even from a hilltop, you see a house anywhere you look. So you could, Britain's pretty hard to find somewhere secluded. So this is what I don't understand about you, Tom. You actively go out and seek this life of like the Bear Grylls adventure. It's like, do you uh-huh. understand that humans have evolved to make flushing toilets? <laughs> ah, but, and to cook our food. <laughs> ah, but you see, there's something so simplistic and beautiful about the outside, isn't ah, there? You you want to actively seek out being uncomfortable, and that I don't <laughs> understand. I just don't understand. I just don't get it. But what about the beauty of nature? Yeah, I can understand liking nature, walking in nature, being in nature. And what but... about challenging oneself? Oh Charlotte? my god! What about challenging oneself? To do what? To die on a mountain? Hmm. <laughs> 
Well, the thing is, without without those people who say, I'm going to challenge myself and be the first to do X, we wouldn't have anything, yeah, would but, we? But we did that. <laughs> no, and but, then we moved on. No, but there will still need to be people who will do that and say that. Because if not, you know, how will we get warp drive and how will we go to Mars? Would you have been one of those will... people that went to the moon base and lived on the moon? Yes. Would you? I, I quite often think to myself, say if there was a, a program open where they started a, a Martian colony. Actually, it's one of the interesting things looking at the, the science that NASA put out on mm. colony building is they want an array of psychologically very different people to balance colonies out. So they don't have all scientists. They would maybe have some creative people and so on in their colony. And I was thinking, hmm, if <laughs> if, if I ever got the chance to apply for something, would I become a basically a space a frontiersman, frontiersman yeah. you know, living on Mars? And I think, hmm, actually, I think I'd probably do that. I think if I... <laughs> I mean, as as romantic as it sounds, like you've got to think about things practically. Like way, way back when the American frontier was the frontier, in your wagon party, you had to have a doctor and a gardener and uh, a carpenter. Mm. I'm not quite sure what freelance musician would bring to the the, (laughs) the colonizing of... Well, everyone needs to unwind unwind and and, uh, have entertainment of some sort, don't they? I guess. They're probably going to want their own colony version of a radio station, you know, infomercials, uh, theatre to keep them interested, <laughs> I music. Can, I can just see you in your little lunar pod, like, Good morning, Mars! <laughs> Good morning, Mars! <laughs> Phobos is rising! Let's give it up for the red planet! <laughs> Toss a coin to your spaceman, <laughs> Valley of Plenty! <laughs> yeah, so, I, yeah, on a side note, I think I'd go to Mars. I don't think I would. And why is that? Because I am in like many ways like breathable air too much. Yeah, I, and I am also in many ways a creature of comfort. Mm. I like I like a nice soft bed. I like being able to get food when I want it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is, but I just like constantly being out of my comfort zone and feeling yeah, like I'm about to die. <laughs> like here are some of the things on my list I've been thinking about: climb Mount Everest. For God's sake. Get my die in the cold. Yeah, yeah. Next. yeah uh, run at least a hundred miles in yeah, one. Yeah, die of exhaustion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, get my scuba diving qualification, like a master scuba diver. Drown. <laughs> Drown. Yeah. Uh, what else have we got? I think you do actually acquire, have a dash for wish. Acquire my pilot's license. That's that's a new one on the crash list. and then crash. die. Crash and burn. Crash yeah. and burn and die. Yeah. Or, or maybe even crash, burn, and sink and drown all at the same time I if you crash you over an ocean. I think you actually do have a death wish. I think you legitimately have a death wish i don't know i think it's just do you know what my do you know what my goals are i don't know be able to buy a house one day that's that's (laughs) a good goal that yeah yeah that's a realistic goal that's that's that is a good (laughs) goal i'm a a millennial it's not a realistic goal (laughs) (laughs) maybe just move out of my parents house by the time i'm 30 how about that oh yeah maybe Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> if you've not spent all your savings going to Everest. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if anyone's ever looked into it, but a trip no, to Everest... No, no one has ever looked into it, Tom. It's just you. Well, apart from all those people that have climbed Everest before. Yeah, all those other mad bastards. Yeah. So a trip to Everest roughly costs, I don't know, thirty to $80,000. Fuck, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's mental, isn't it? And but, but, but people can't spend their own money doing that, can they? Oh, they do. They must get sponsors. Oh, I think a lot of people get sponsors, but yeah. I think a lot of the a lot of the people that climb those mountains, they're they're super rich folk who you know they're like lawyers and bankers who yeah. have like a, a death wish Money themselves. Money to spend as well. Yeah, 
I just don't. I just don't get it. You do. You do just have a different mindset to me and to most people. Like this. I like. No, and this was never more apparent. <laughs> this is a funny family story. Uh, we went to Italy with our dad about two years ago. <laughs> I remember this. And Charlotte, Charlotte, right? Uh, I we were coming down a, a very steep scree slope in the Alps, right? And I was leading the way. I was on point, and Charlotte was in the middle, and Dad bringing up the rear right and we we're going down a steep scree slope which is loose rock okay and i had a podcast in i think i was listening to uh stuff you missed in history class yeah yeah <laughs> and and instantly i i i i think about that oh i i would never put a podcast in because you need to be alert yeah you're not to, paying attention yeah, and yeah to be terrain. fair it was my fault yeah and and but i thought that the path was steady enough that i could walk down <laughs> fairly easily and as we were coming down the mountain, I had the thought, and I remember this very clearly, thinking, oh, this is just the sort of place that Charlotte would fall over and break her arm. Yeah, and then lo and behold, <laughs> and lo and behold before I can even happened. think I'm falling over, I'm yeah. halfway down the road, and, and I've landed on my wrist, and uh, I thought I'd broken my arm. And I'm like, in a lot of pain, crying, and, God. and Tom walked up to me and said, oh, you're right. And I said, no, I'm not all right. <laughs> like, and in fact, we had to call out the Italian mountain rescue, didn't we? No, we you, had to call out the rescue chopper because you thought you'd this, broken your arm. Yeah, but this, and that was um, interesting. Our dad trying to speak to Italian mountain rescue in his Cambridge uh, English. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, uh, do you speak English? No, signore. Si. <laughs> and I this poor one, I think it was more kind of like, eh, si, signore. Uh, this this, um, this uh, poor woman on, on the phone to Italian Mountain Rescue was saying, can you see de largo, de largo? <laughs> and my dad thought that largo was Italian for large. <laughs> like, uh... <laughs> and it's like, can I see the large thing? Yeah, there's a mountain well, over there. I mean, it is quite big. It's a mountain. <laughs> it, it, it means it's lake. lake. Yeah, it's the lake. <laughs> He's yeah. like, can you see the lake? The lago. And, yeah. Oh, it took us. It took them forever to find us. But I remember you. This is the the different mindsets between the two of us. I was ready to just curl up and die on that mountain because I was in so much pain. <laughs> but you just looked at me and went, "Come on, Charlotte. This is crunch time. You've just got to get up <laughs> and get on with it." <laughs> Oh, it's so funny! I remember I that now. To you, like you, I'm just like you, inconsiderate bastard. Just you know, leave me alone to die. Even if I was in so much pain, I think number one out of sheer embarrassment of having to have the mountain rescue come and get me, and number two out of determination, I would have walked back up the mountain I tried to, to, to walk the ski up the slope mountain, to the ski it, lift. I tried to walk back up the mountain, but the pain was so extreme it was making me almost pass out. I know, yeah, but I'd have put it in a sling and been like, well. Got, even if oh, I have right, to, like, yeah. crawl. And then, and then, right, for a good couple of years after that, Thomas had bragging rights because he was the one who had a first aid kit and put a sling on me. Yeah, well, what's, <laughs> Congratulations. Great, what's, what's great, ladies and gentlemen, is when you take a holiday in the Italian Alps in the middle of <laughs> summer, right, and nobody thinks to pack sun cream, apart from me, of course. Nobody thinks to pack more than 300 mils of water each, apart from me, of course. I also carried in my first aid kit water purification tablets so that when Dad, as he did, of course, because he had less than half a litre of water, runs out of water, we could go to the nearest crystal clear Italian mountain stream and put the tablets in it to make sure it wasn't 
microbe infected. But I remember we went on another walk and you'd run out of those tablets and you said in your Bear girls way, ah, yeah. so this is strain where... it through a sock because that'll get rid of most of the nasties. Yeah. And Dad... <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Dad said to me at the time, Oh, because t- I took the socks out of his bag and he was like, oh, make sure it's the left sock, Tom. And, he, and I was like, why? And he was like, oh, no, no reason. So then we get down the mountain and, and I ask him about it again. And he says, so why was it the left sock? And he says, ah, oh, well, the right one has athlete's foot. Cause I've got athletes. <laughs> it was like the right one. I had a Veruca in it. So he's like, he's like oh, great. Cool. And you thought it was like some special Mounties kind of superstition. You've always got a strain if yeah. you're the left sock or something. Like, no, always I had athlete's foot on my right foot. Sock. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we move on to the Quaskers? Mm, indeed. It's time for the Quaskers. Who's the best and who's the worst? The Academy don't know shit. We shall do. So what do we think for best in series? Uh, I mean, the thing with these sort of like Steve Carell baby projects is that obviously they're centered around him as the main character, aren't they? It's it's so hard to say that anyone else could conceivably even be the best in the series when Steve Carell is such a strong personality. Apart from John Malkovich. Oh yeah, John Malkovich was good, but... I would By prob- definition, isn't he a supporting? Uh, I don't role? know. I would. I would actually put John Malkovich in like, in 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 the main leading actors category because mm. because he has that that strong relationship with Carell that he's able to bounce off him so. Oh, much. maybe yeah. 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 Uh, but because John Malkovich, I think, steals this. <clears throat> there were there were times when I was more interested in what he was doing, to be honest, yeah. than Steve Carell. Yeah. Th- like, Steve Carell has made this, but John Malkovich stole it. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. Yeah, <laughs> and the, the the these wonderful endearing moments that John Malkovich had on screen, like when he's like screaming at the applicants for the moon base, and, "Fuck you!" Like, <laughs> yeah. I've never heard John Malkovich like even remotely act like that before, and I was in stitches. Like, <laughs> "Fuck you! No, fuck you! No, fuck <laughs> you, man!" No, yeah, it was great, wasn't it? <laughs> Because you just didn't expect him as like this real uptight scientist to ever be like that. Yeah. Like you generally think personality-wise, that sort of person would probably shy away from conflict. From any kind of yeah. And it was just hilarious like to see him like let rip. But also the the really endearing moment he had where he had that really funny uh, song <laughs> that got played to everybody yes. over the PA system yes. of the control room yes. during the spy episode, which I think was my favourite episode, actually. Oh, well, we are going to discuss which is our favourite episode and which is our least favourite episode, because for our TV series, we are introducing two new categories to the Quaskers. We are, of course, going to have uh, best in series, worst in series, best supporting, and then we are going to discuss best episode and worst episode. Oh, and this is a TV specific category, isn't it? Of course. Isn't it? That we've rolled out for the TV yes. episodes. Yeah. Yes. So, worst, what do you think about worst in series? Um, uh, I mean, for, for me, there were a couple. And I hate to say that they were both women. I don't want that to be taken <laughs> the wrong way. But the two characters that I thought were a bit weak were the daughter, but I enjoyed her s- slightly more. 
then the other two there's three actually i said there's two weren't there mm. the daughter gets saved actually i don't think she's that bad it's these other two i'm thinking about and it was lisa kudrow she's pretty bad she's possibly the worst and also the the captain what's that that girl called the, the oh um the, the black lady who who leads the moon colony cap captain angela ali yeah, she was just a little bit too straight-laced. Really? Uh, See, you know, American hero for I me. I was going to have her as my best supporting actor. She th- uh, That's uh, Tawny, Tawny Newson. I really liked her character. I really liked the little subplot that they had with her and Dr. Chang. Yeah, well, she just seemed to me like she's too much of a, a military career stiff who's never no, put I a foot of, out of place I in her life. I kind of liked that. That's the kind of role that not many black women play and i'd not really seen that dynamic before and i really liked it and i thought it was oh, quite I can, refreshing i can acknowledge that but i feel like what that role failed to produce was even anybody who is like that for the benefit and in the presence of maybe their superiors or whatever or they feel like they have a great moral compass everyone thinks they have a great moral compass but everybody has moments where you know they're not they don't operate at full capacity and that they're they're less they're less than human and they do bad things everyone can do bad things and i feel like she did kind of have those moments in 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 that she was so insecure about her own precarious position within the, the the space force like like when when she's trying to learn botany from chang and she's shouting at him or when she's got to have her eye surgery and she's got to kind of show that vulnerability I just thought it was a little bit textbook for me. See, my all. my worst in series will be Diane Silver's the the daughter as well. Right. Okay. Simply because of what I said that her character's underwhelming and basically unlikable, and you can play kind of stuck up bitch without being <laughs> unlikable in a. You know what I mean? Like really? She. Yeah. I. I think more could have been done with her character other than I am a pissy teenager. <laughs> Because every pissy teenager, I don't know, every pissy teenager in, inside them is like the the decent human trying to break somewhere, through, isn't it? Somewhere deep somewhere down deep, in there. Somewhere deep, deep under there. I mean, in fact, we probably all remember a cock from school who was an absolute cock, <laughs> who, who doesn't fit that description in any way. But I think yeah. most teenagers, even if they are a bit awful... They will kind of grow out of that eventually. You sort of see the underlying goodness there somewhere at some point. Because teenagers, they're they're, they're basically just people practicing being humans, isn't it? Being responsible humans. This this is what they tell us for teaching teenagers in school. They say if a kid misbehaves or is is a dickhead to you, don't take it personally because they literally haven't learned how to be a decent human being Yeah, they just haven't learned about things like social etiquette and moral responsibility and (laughs) meaning in life of they and all of that trash. How to be a decent person, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I I did feel that that could have been done. She's meant to be like 18. She, she's meant to have her shit together a little I think bit so, more than yeah. like, like she's what meant to be was. obviously in her final year of school i think by 18 i probably most of the the cock had left me and, <laughs> and i think by 17 oh, i was somebody right. please edit that for, <laughs> and save it for future <laughs> yeah i think the cock i think obviously one for the personal memoirs now that i think about it the cock entered me <laughs> around 
around 12, as it does for most adolescent young boys. And was that uh, when you started going back to church, maybe? It did, it did, did coincide with, you it did coincide with a religious awakening. Oh, oh no, my it didn't. God. Oh, we're going to get cancelled. And then the cock left me <laughs> around 16, I think. Because obviously, yeah, that's the age I became legal. <laughs> And they're not interested in that anymore, are they? Oh my so, god! No, I'm joking. So, Do you know what? That that's that's gonna get us in trouble. So what, what, what I'm saying is, I think by 16 or or 18, I had my shit together a little you bit more. Kind of have your shit together, yeah. Yeah, well, well, I wasn't an adolescent douche. I don't think by 18 that much anymore. No, yeah, yeah. Ugh. So, what about your favourite episode of the series? Um, I think there were possibly two for me. Um, I, th- I think maybe there's there's one episode where Steve Carell is kind of doing an isolation experiment with four other people, and it's kind of like him it's meant to be a simulation of the moon base. Yeah, and he sort of eats potatoes and and <laughs> hangs out with the sculptor who's doing the experiment as it's, well. It's a good character study for his character, but yeah. not much for many of the other characters. I thought. No, it was a slow episode, but yeah. I think quite an inter- it had interesting questions built into it that made you think. Uh, my other favourite episode, which was probably slightly better, so it takes the top spot, is the spy episode. Where oh, they're really? Trying, they're trying to determine who is basically the mole. See, the spy episode is my least favourite episode. Really? I thought that was quite a slow one, and I didn't really think it added much to the overall plot. And what, why is that? Uh, well, apart from the end scene, where we get that, that very funny moment when um, uh, John Malkovich's emails have been hacked, and we see yeah. his, uh, his like love letter to his boyfriend. Yeah. Um, I just thought, oh, this is just going nowhere, and it's not really adding much to the plot. And it's like, oh, it's just a bit slow, and it's just another divergent and the deterrent from what's the end goal is. My <laughs> my my favorite episode was the space flag episode. Which so one this was is, that one? So th- this is the episode where the the space force and the air force have like a friendly match with each other it's meant to be like paintball i guess or uh, some yeah. kind of it's laser tag isn't yeah it? like it's a, a laser, laser tag, tag match, match. Yeah. and um obviously the air force almost like kicked the ass of space force <laughs> and then just at the last moment everything kind of comes together which they means that our hero bag. space force wins and of course like steve carell has that lovely like platoon moment when he sees everyone kind of dying around him and, yeah. the, and the slow kind of <laughs> violence <laughs> kick in and yeah he looks because i thought that was a really a good episode for showcasing all of the characters and um giving them all look like a moment in the spotlight because Steve Carell had his kind of like I'm gonna die on this hill moment of being yeah. like the stubborn general <laughs> and then John Malkovich had his moment of fine I guess I can be a little less socially <sighs> inept and actually come through yeah. for you that was a good episode but see why it fell a little bit flat for me was because it's just American comedy I feel like there's you just know even though there are stakes you're never in any doubt watching a low brain power American comedy that <laughs> There's a possibility <laughs> that the protagonist power. could ever lose. That's true, yeah. Like, but, you know what I mean? Even though yeah. there was this battle about them doing the laser tag, I never, ever, even like two minutes into the episode, thought, oh, they could possibly lose. It was always going to be, oh, they'll pull it out of the bag but at that the last is t- moment. That is TV, ultimately, isn't it? You kind of know that our, our heroes will pull through. 
Yeah, but what, what about unless um, it's Game of Thrones? What about, Aven- <laughs> what about Avengers: uh, Infinity War? Was it Infinity War or was it Endgame? Where Infinity War? I think War it was Infinity was War. Where the, like, the, well, they all just the died, click. didn't they? Yeah. Yes, but and I was that, like, oh, that was a good that was a good ending. But that's a two part in which you ultimately knew they would probably win. Yeah, but this is like a ten-parter where they could have some stakes and some twists in the series. Stakes and twists. Oh, you're yeah. making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah. So ultimately, <clears throat> that that was Space Force. Ultimately, yeah. So overall, I would give this series a little bit of a meh. I'd actually give it a seven. A seven out of or ten. Or maybe like a six point. Nine. I would probably go for six as well. Like, I'm not hungry for more. Like, when no. season two of Space Force comes out, I'm not going to be sitting in front of my computer going, yeah, 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 finally. I will probably enjoy it, but I won't clamber to watch season two. Yeah. And I think ultimately that's why it's it, that's its biggest failing, isn't it? It's good, but is it good enough? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think for me, the reasons I watched it is because I like Steve Carell and I like space. There, the, <laughs> there wasn't much else in it that for me was much of a draw. Yeah, same. Yeah, same with me as well. Like that. That's that. I would not have known that this even existed if it had not come through word of mouth. And I think Netflix kind of know that, and I think that's kind of why they're hiding it a little bit. Yeah, because they know it's good, but it's not up to scratch with their other really good stuff. Mm. Which beg- begs the question: Why not just like save the budget and put it into one of the bigger projects yeah. so that it's even better? Well, maybe they wanted to trial something with some well-known comedy faces uh, doing things that they are good at. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think it would be commissioned for a season two. Do you not? No. Netflix are quite well known for doing this. They hook you in with a series and then oh, once they, they see do, that the, oh. yes, once they see that the series stream numbers are dwindling, they'll just cancel it outright. I've seen at least I don't maybe at least three different shows on Netflix where Yeah, they did this. They have a great you know, a great hook at the end of season 1 and I'm and I'm still waiting like two or three years later. Yeah. And it's cuz they canceled it. Yeah, there were a couple of shows. Like there was one about a bunch of people on an island. I thought was okay, and there was one about <laughs> a sort so, of Lord of the Flies thing where all the adults disappear and the kids are left to. Oh yes, I remember that. Uh, yes. uh, and and that seemed all right. And, I mean, the one but, the, the classic I'm thinking of that hooked lots of people in. It had a couple of series. It was Anne with an E. Did you watch that? No. Yeah, it was it's like a it was a remake of Anne of Green Gables, but that was kind of infuriating for me because you know, you know every all the characters were always on the right side of history and no one had any prejudice <laughs> or racism like there would have been at that time. <laughs> yeah, you know what you know what they never see in like sixteenth century Britain? Somebody says, I think slaves are okay because like ninety nine percent of other people do because <laughs> it because it's sixteenth century England. You know? Yeah. You know. And and then after season three it the show just got cancelled. Mm. Because their ratings weren't up to scratch and it was dwindling up. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and um, unfortunately, it's good. It's a good show, and I would recommend that people watch it. But I don't think it will get a second season. Mm. Yeah, this just seems to be a thing with streaming, doesn't it? Like, I feel like it's very cutthroat. It's possibly yeah. even more cutthroat than 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 standard TV is. Yeah, you and know, this is maybe why the Beeb hangs on by by it you know the nails mm. the nails on the finger on the on I mean the, we can all ledge. think of a BBC show that probably lasted two or three seasons longer than it should have done yeah that's Spooks. what I'm saying it, it might uh, not Street. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah all of these Ex- exactly yeah, yeah. like it, foils war <laughs> they start to get worse but the BBC have kind of seen it out to the end of another season yeah just for the fans to try and tie it up yeah 
Like, cause oh god, don't don't even get me started about Man in the High Castle. It was so great up until about the last season. It's like Game of Thrones, and it was just a letdown, <laughs> even for someone, even for someone who's read read the book. It was oh, it was, it was yeah. The great and glorious downfall of Game of Thrones. Mm. I want to save this for another episode because I have so many thoughts on this. So, thank you so much for listening to episode four of Squabblings. Squabblings, motherfucker. <laughs> if you like, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the handle Squabblings. That is S-Q-U-A-B-L-I-N-G-S. And if you would like to email us with a recommendation or a suggestion for a future episode, you can do so at squabblingspodcast at gmail.com. Excellent. We've got to put in the plug, Tom. We've got to put in the plug. <laughs> oh, 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 cheeky plug, Shire. Anyway, let's Toss sign off. Toss a coin to your podcast, <laughs> Valley of Plenty. <laughs> yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, go and see what you think of Space Force. Go and drain another, I don't know, 12 years of your life into streaming services. As, <laughs> it seems to be the way now. And seem, Pump yeah. more money into the conglomerate Netflix mm, and yeah. Disney and Amazon and, and await, Hulu. And await the immediate arrival of, oh, Apple have got a streaming service on the way. Have you heard about this? Yeah, everyone bloody does now. I imagine um, everybody will have a streaming service eventually. Mm. YouTube will probably get their own streaming service eventually. <laughs> Shall we sign off? Yes. Yeah. Goodbye, ladies Bye. and gentlemen. Goodbye.